Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome into 11 Personnel presented by Monticello Bank. I'm Nick Roush. He's Adam Luckett. It's February 23rd, and we've got a surprising amount of football topics to discuss today. Not like it's just, it was, it was a newsy week, Mr. Luckett. Yeah, I think February in general is probably the slowest month college football now, even with the late signing period. It's just real quiet. The portal's done. Spring ball hasn't started yet. So this is like half meetings type of season like we've seen in Dallas this week with the committee, college football playoff committee. Um, And then other you start to hear other rule changes, Um, no more cookie cakes, uh, things of that nature um, start to be passed or leaked out. And so an interesting time, but yeah, I mean, with Kentucky, uh, some other, you know, the late coordinator change and then some coaching carousel changes made some targets available. And so they're having um, a busy time um, as we all await um, spring practice to start here in the bluegrass. Which we have an idea of when all of that's going down. That kind of got leaked out this week, Um, but it really, we started with a, a big surprise when Jaden Smith, the four-star linebacker from Charlotte, announced he has committed to Kentucky. And look, at, I know we, we say that roster building is 365-day-a-year job, but that really, that really is the case this year because the coaching carousel was a little bit later. Kentucky was the runner-up in Jaden Smith's recruitment to Michigan. Michigan fires Jim or not fires Jim Harbaugh, but Jim Harbaugh goes to the NFL and Jane Smith's like, eh, I don't know if I want to do all this. Um, why don't you give me back my NLI and I'll go somewhere else. And Kentucky stumbled onto a quality player, quality player to, uh, to get, to really fortify this defensive class is one of the better defensive classes we've seen in the Mark Stoops era. Oh, you muted yourself like it. Yep, forgot to hit that. I think you look at Jaden Smith's recruitment. Sorry about that. Chris Partridge was his kind of position, no recruiter there. Chris Partridge was the Ole Miss defense coordinator 2022. He goes Michigan. He's kind of the one that got that was the uh, sacrificial lamb for the um, Connor Stallions thing. He was the only one they fired out of that situation. And so – 
he's gone, but he still decides to commit to Michigan. But they lose Mike McDonald, defensive coordinator, or excuse me, not Mike McDonald, Jesse Minner, defensive coordinator, follows Jim Harbaugh. So I think he lost his position coach during the season, lost his defensive coordinator. So I think he decided to take a step back and reassess his situation. And it ends up with him landing at Kentucky. Um, again, Nick, I think you pointed out Kentucky was a runner-up, but Kentucky identified him pretty early in the process when he was an – like this time last year he was an unranked recruit that no one really knew a lot about. And so he has this big senior season, blows up, ends up being a four-star prospect. I mean, I think you kind of look at his tape. He fits the mold of the undersized will linebackers that have had a lot of success at Kentucky, Jordan Jones, DeAndre Square. And I think he kind of fits that. Uh, and he – it's a linebacker-heavy class, but I think all of those guys bring a level of athletic juice to the position that maybe they necessarily haven't always had or looked for. Uh Seems like they're trying to get faster, more athletic on defense. All of those guys bring that. And I think all of them, for the most part, like you watch their tape, they bring value as pass rushers. I mean, a lot of these guys are playing edge in high school. Steven Souls, Antoine Smith, um, even Devin Smith to a certain extent. I um, mean, Kentucky's going to try to convert them inside the box to play off-ball linebacker. So I think Kentucky's – I think they're valuing pass rush here. And I think – the guys they signed there uh, will help bring that and they're value, valuing athleticism too. And so Jaden Smith is just another guy um, that they're going to have at that position, a position that's going to turn over heavily after this season, Nick. Um, so they're they're spraying the board there at off-ball linebacker and looking yeah. uh, to find some young reinforcements, some young talent to replenish that room. It is very much a spraying the board approach, I think, with this off-ball linebacker recruiting because – I mean, how many of these guys you turn on the tape, they're playing edge, they've got a lot of athleticism, but not a lot of run stuffing, right? Like, there's just a lot yeah. of, like the athleticism, let's see if we can coach them up. Um, yeah, yeah, it's kind of the NFL draft strategy. You've got a linebacker entering the last year of his probably rookie deal, multi-year starter, but you're not sure you want to pay him. So, we've got some day three comp picks here. Let's – uh. Let's just take a swing on a couple guys. And that's a, kind of the similar thought process, I think, here with Kentucky. Uh, in th two three years, I would say over half of these guys will probably not be on the roster. Yeah. yeah. Um, at least a couple. But you and just so, need to hit on one or two. You just need to hit on two. Right. Right? You know, and so, yeah, yeah you're, you're taking uh, your swings at the plate. After you've kind of missed on this, because, like, the last couple of years, you've, for whatever reason, um, the guys aren't there or you've moved on from players. Um, so you're you're going back and you're trying to trying to address all those misses with a heavy, I think high school signing class and in, and I think it alleviates what could have been a position next year in the portal where you probably have to get two guys. I think now if you hit on one of one of these young guys already stepping in the big role next year, now you possibly only need to get one transfer instead of two. The the funny thing too when you pull on tape with all of these. There's not a whole lot of, that separates them, but I will say, at least in Jaden Smith's case, the dude has as many special teams highlights as he does defensive, right? Like, I think he blocked four kicks last year, yeah. which is just, that's okay. Yeah, all right. Mm -hmm. I, I like that. Um, he, he's making plays in the open field on kickoff, so um, there's, a, there's a lot to like there if they get coached up in the right way. I also just appreciate that Kentucky's cornered the market on Smith's uh, five Smiths on all who play defense and all who play the same position, give or take, right? And then, <laughs> like yeah, front, they're in the front seven, right? You're not down right. in the trenches. Uh, which, uh, you know, it's weird. It's an anomaly. Um, but, you know, uh, fun little coincidence there. They got a quality athlete who I think can be something. And I, I don't think it moved up Kentucky in the recruiting rankings. Maybe one spot. I hadn't checked. Uh, the update, you know, it takes a little while on those, but that's eight, I think seven four stars just on defense. Seven, yes. That's a, that's a, the damn good defensive haul. So Kentucky's doing the right thing on that side of the line of scrimmage. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna talk about state of the program uh, probably more as this off season moves on. To me, like talent accumulation is not even. I don't even think – if you were going to put a worry list together, I wouldn't put that on there. 
think recruiting wise, there's been some frustration yeah. the last two years, but they just they figured it out, and then they're recruiting like yep. they should recruit to me. Like ex, they're meeting expectations on the recruiting trail uh, to me. I, I don't know how much more you can ask of them. Obviously, you want them to keep elevating that ceiling, but they're they're meeting reasonable expectations. I think consistently on the recruiting trail, even with um, some of their slow starts. And then I think you know, Nick, why aren't there as many transfers on defense? I think they're recruiting well on that side of the football. I think right. offense, you know, with all the coaching turnover and change, there's always obviously there's holes to fill. But I think defensively, the reason you're not seeing maybe a ton of transfers because they don't really need them. There's coaching staff continuity on that side of the ball, um, and they're they're developing their talent, and they're they've got some good roster retention over there, and so just keep doing it. They're recruiting like a legitimate top half SEC team on defense. There's no denying that. Yeah. The, the, the roster is not the problem. You, you, you see plenty of quality pieces there. It's the other stuff. Kentucky's got to get in order, um, which we can get into at a later date because there was some other roster movement, but in the opposite direction, uh, when we learned that three Kentucky Wildcats no longer with the team, one of them, Jacques keys. I don't think you can be that surprised because he was a, a gray shirt who committed to play linebacker at Wake Forest, transfers to Kentucky before the start of the season to play running back. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, you, yeah, okay. It didn't work. Fine. The other two are former four-star talents on the offensive line. Tanner Bowles from Glasgow, who began his career at Alabama, transferred last season and was second uh, on the depth chart at center through its entirety last year. And, and then Nick Hall, who is a, Promising prospect, son of former UK great Antonio Hall, who it's funny, look at when you do the, I think 24-7 has like an all-time recruits ranking for each school. Yeah. And for the longest time, Antonio Hall was the number one guy, right? He was a huge win uh, out of Canton McKinley, where now he's actually the AD. Uh, AD and football coach, I want to say, too. That's a, that's a big-time program up there. Um, but Kentucky gets Nick Hall. He's an All-American. and it just sucks because he he has a career-ending injury, and that's that just it's like what, what can you do, man? And uh, I, it sucks. Like I I wish there was more to say other than it sucks because he's a guy that if all was going according to plan, you might be talking into playing this year at offensive tackle for the Cats. Right? Do you need to go to the transfer portal to get another right tackle if Nick Hall's available? And he's the player yeah. that you projected in the B. I think that's fair thing to wonder. Uh, to start with Nick Hall. Nick, you go back to that 2022 recruiting class. Felt great about the offensive line. Like that felt like an awesome offensive line haul. Everybody felt good about that. I think it was yeah. one of the it, top five in the country. And, yeah. you know, a lot of these recruiting sites puts out inside the building and outside the building. And you just have like, you know, you've got three misses over there, and a lot of them were tough breaks, right? Keontae Goodwin. You got the not even it's not it's not on a like it's not on a roster anywhere right now. Yeah. You know, he had family situation. Okay, Grant Bingham, who at a time in his recruitment looked like Notre Dame was going to beat out Kentucky. And yeah. We all know the Notre Dame reputation they have for offensive linemen. Um, they got another one that's going to be a top ten pick in this draft, Joe Alt. Uh, he, he, it was a Kentucky Notre Dame decision. He just did never factored here. Um, and it, last time he, I checked, it's not been published where he's going to transfer to. Yeah. And so he might be out of football. He, is he done playing football? So you've got maybe two, you've got three guys there potentially that are just done with football. Well, Nick Hall with injury, and then Keontae had the family situation, and then we don't know what's going on with Bingham. I mean, that is just um, yeah. buzzard's luck, really. Uh, and then you go, why is offensive line a problem? Like All your problems date back to recruiting, usually in college football. And that's the issue, is they just – they've had some bad, I think, luck on, on on even like what was considered a great class and a great haul. Dante Goodwin and Nick Hall were both in the All-American game. Like they were seen as some of the better yeah. tackle prospects in that class, uh, and they're gone, and they might be done with football. 
after a couple of seasons. So that's just a tough, tough break. I think when you when you look back at that, it really is. Yeah, and and Nick Hall too was one of those guys that was kind of a late bloomer, right? Had a great frame and was starting to fill in, become more polished. So it it sucks. It's it's unfortunate. In in Bowles's case, I don't like. We expected him back. He didn't go through senior day, but I don't think he expected Eric Wolford to be again. And that is my connect the dots, big brain conspiracy. Is he's just like. Ooh, do I want to do that again and just be a backup for a year? Eh, I'm, I'll just, I'm good. See ya. I think that's what we got yeah, here. I believe when he committed, like, the the plan was for him to play two years. And I believe that's why he didn't go through senior day. Because I think at the time he wasn't even considering not playing 2024. But, you know, things happen. And he's decided to hang it up. And he's after five years football, college football, he's done. So, one, that I, I think that opens up a scholarship, Nick. And when you look at Kentucky, they are going to have to do some some trimming to the scholarship numbers. Uh, they're over 85 right now. So, that I think that helps with, the, like, the decision, right, if he just wants to mm-hmm. step away. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I think you bring up, the you know, some things change. And the guy he came here to play for got fired late in the process, so he might have just been like, hey, I'm done. Uh, Here we go. Let's start whatever's next in his his life. And so, yeah, I think, you know, the plan – I think the plan was definitely for him to stay for two years, but he's decided to move on. But I think they needed some attrition in that offensive line room, so I think that helps in that regard. Yeah, and, you know, you can't – blame a guy who's 23 years old spent five years in college football for being like you know what i've had enough i'm ready to move on in life ready to get a job buy a house buy a car and you know who can help with that like it i think i know someone who can help with that Uh, our friends at monticello bank they've been in business for 128 years because they're putting people first it's where people matter they've got 21 branches in 14 counties across the commonwealth they bank wherever the wildcats go whether you visit them online at nbcbank.com or download the go nbc mobile app it's local banking with the convenience of a big bank and the key part about local banking too they got the best rates they have the most competitive they're putting the rates on your side so next time you're considering making a big move check out the rates at monticello bank where people matter Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Look at, you mentioned that February is a time to do some potential big changes. And this week they're, they're throwing a lot against the wall and seeing what sticks. Last night we had the guy, of course they've got a subcommittee on national letters of intent, which is just a hilarious title to have. And of course it's <laughs> yes, like the big stock commissioner, right? Like he's the guy who heads it up. But we've talked at length about how crazy this stupid calendar is. And this guy's like, all right, we're actually, we're going to, we're going to potentially do something here. It's not approved as of yet, where they're talking about moving up signing day. So instead of being what was December 23rd this year, it would be December 4th next year, Mm -hmm. which lucky it. I, when I initially heard it, I was like, well, that sucks for us. <laughs> I was selfish about it because I was thinking, geez, we, you know, we put in a lot of work and damn, they're going to do this four days after the Louisville game. How the hell are we going to get all that together? Yeah, I think it's four days they, after the regular season. All they've, all that, all this is really doing, Nick, is just separating the two. So you're not double dipping at the same time. Yeah. Which, like, Kentucky was kind of doing already. If you looked at what they did in the month of December, they got one high school commitment in Cam Dooley that was already in the bag. I think they hosted two or three high school official visits. But they were mostly moving on to the portal. They're basically saying, guys, let's just get high school in the bag as quickly as possible and let's just move on to the portal. Yeah, I mean, I've talked about this. Most schools by Thanksgiving have 90% of their class um, locked up. 
The big question I have is what does it do to in-home visits? Yeah. They don't, I mean, is it a woman item or do they do them in the summer? Uh, do Why do we need in-home visits? Well, so you can eat dinner at Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> I mean, in-home, vi- in-home visits are, aren't even really at home. <laughs> in-home visits are essentially like the boss taking you out for beers on Friday after work. Right. Like, yeah, it's a it's a great gesture. But, you know, my kid is playing a playing a game. I'd, I'd rather do that. I don't need to go out and get beers with not every well, Friday or whatever. So, like, yeah, yeah, it's a good gesture. I just don't think we need them, especially like in-home visits were important when Tom Osborne was out there signing 800 fullbacks. Um, for Nebraska. I don't think we really need those in 2024, especially when you can, like, they're all, they're all, all these guys are coming for official visits in the summer. You get to see them then. You have the in home, uh, or you go to the schools, right, in March. Maybe that's what you do. Maybe you have the in home visits when it's, you know, when they're hitting the road in January, February. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, but, but that's what, that would be my big question. Your your one point though about it, I mean, that was how Freddie got to UK, right? He went on his official visit, and then Jay Claiborne followed him back to the holler and went and had dinner with his family, and they got a deal done, right? It was back when parents made decisions more so than the kids, right? So even though it is, uh traditional like you you when you think of recruiting you think of mom getting the putting together her best meal because the coach is coming in right like it's a big ordeal that's just not really how things operate anymore because most of those in-home visits you know stoops is at a texas roadhouse right like they're they're going to hoops you know like this is in home the in-home visit was already looking much differently so they might just completely go by the wayside period it might just say, all right, we don't need these anymore, and here's a way for us to, to save on the recruiting budget a little bit. Yeah, I just don't – I don't know. With everything going on in December, I'm just not sure you need those. Now, they've made a cha- – like, the chaos isn't going to stop. It's still going to be a chaotic month. And having your draft the week of your conference championship games is so – I mean, it's just absurdly ridiculous. I mean, it's absurdly – Ridiculous that you have it this way, but if you're gonna jam all this stuff down this tube, at least separate the two, and I think that makes sense. And so you get the, you get the high school hay in the barn, the high school recruiting, and then you can focus on, you know, evaluating potential transfers, building a board, and then figuring out what transfers you're gonna really go after and try to get on visits and uh, close and down over the next six weeks. Roster retention. You know that, and that, that too. that's a big part of it as well, and and that too. So I get it. It at least I think kind of creates some divide between the two instead of it all happening together. Um, so from that aspect, I you know I give them the old Andy Bernard good college try. I think you're doing a good at least you're trying something right. But yeah. I don't. I, I still think it's gonna. There's still gonna be issues with this, um, and it's not gonna really solve a ton of problems. Um, it just helps, I think, some of these coaches get a a barrier in between things. But, like, dude, well, how are, if you're playing for a college football playoff bid, like if you're, if you're, I don't know, Liberty, and you've got – if we win this conference championship game, we're going to the playoff. So that should be your whole focus. Instead, you're going to have to, you know, do some event on signing day or those two days. It just – you know that doesn't make much sense to me, but it is what it is. I I do like it better though than the discussing uh, an August signing day because one you're you're missing out on a a season of evidence where not only from the high school ranks but also the college ranks. So a coach could either bomb and get fired, and then you got to deal with kids who are scrambling to find that's the other thing the carrot like the carousel right uh these coaches make moves and they get hired before they that signing day arrives does this speed up the carousel is that the unintended consequence of this yeah yeah is is it like you know we you're firing everybody is it november is it november 12th 
And the, uh, I don't know, I'm making something up. And the Boise State coach is leaving for Arizona or what? You know, like, what, what does that, is that the unintended consequence here? Uh, that's something you have to be careful with, I think, and something to watch on that. But I, the, the, the big thing is they had a tent pole event with recruiting. Yeah. The, that Wednesday in February, it was an event fans look forward to. Like, it was a huge event. People like me took off work to go home and watch signing day coverage. And they just, they have just totally ruined that with the early yeah. signing period. And the coaches saw an opportunity to do something in their advantage, which is get the, get the class done with so you can move mm -hmm. on. But then the transfer portal and NIL kind of all messed that up and you've got just this mess of a system. So to me, I like really the number one goal could be how can we get that February back? Like we really could use that. One, it's the carousel's done, all of that, the portal's mostly done, like and it can become a tent pole event, I think, for college football again. But I just don't know how you do it. Kids want to enroll early. The volume of early enrollees has just skyrocketed in right. the last five years. I mean, look at Kentucky's got like ten guys. They used to, Nick, back when I, they used to have, with February signing, they used to have one, two, or three guys that right. would enroll early. Now it's and half the class so, or more. Yeah, now it's just in some some schools have like 60%, 70% of their class is getting in there, there early. So that has totally changed it. And then I, I just don't know if you can go and put it back again. I think the idea of doing August, February makes sense because – Guys in August, you know, if you want an enroller, you have to make the decision then. And then we'll kind of wrap up that big summer, the 4th of July situation when recruiting. That's probably the biggest, I think, window for recruiting is when it gets the most attention is really that June through July 4th block. And a few days after that when decisions are making. After that, it, it kind of gets lost in the wash. Where in February, we had two months of buildup for it. And that just yep. doesn't happen anymore. Um and it gets it out of out of the way of the coaching movement, of the transfer movement, all of that. So if they could do that, that would be, I think, the best move. I just don't know if that's even possible anymore. I, I would certainly appreciate it. Um, but as you like to say, look, they're, they're, the toothpaste is out of the tube. And by the way, the last time you said that, too, I took a coaster over my toothpaste. They changed the tube to make them recyclable now, which I don't really – we know how recycling works. Does like, can you actually use a toothpaste to begin? I remember having a diagram in a textbook at school, but like, is that are we really using this again? I don't know. I'll still recycle though. I mean, which, by the way, I probably need to take that out. You ever get where your house just kind of stinks? Like you just can't. It's just like a. I don't. I don't know what to do about it. I've got Clean. an eighteen-month-old kid, Nick. So yes. And two yeah. dogs. I, I guess I guess that's just what it is. You just got the kids stink in it. I, I'll change the air filters, take out the garbage, light a candle. And the thing is, if I can smell it, my wife, she's smelling all of the smells right now. She's like a bloodhound in anything. Got the spidey senses. Oh, my gosh. It's crazy. Um, but I, I digress. The other big – oh, wait. we. What the hell's up with the cakes? Who decided we don't need cakes anymore in hotel rooms? Like what? Well, why? I, I, again, I give them the Andy Bernard old college try because there's a lot of dumb stuff that we really don't need to do. Um, cakes to photo shoots, we really need this. I, I can't remember who made this point, but they're they're almost trying to make these like because they are business decisions and conversations like the top thirty NFL draft visits, where you'll host um, you'll host a draft prospect for like an afternoon in your facility if you're an NFL team. And you get mm -hmm. to talk to them for two hours or whatever. Um, they're almost making them like that instead of the to just the extra extra fluff around some of these that do we really need? I think they're trying to eliminate the fluff and trying to make the jobs easier. Like you don't have to worry about like the balloons, like the big balloons yeah. we see in the facility. Uh -huh. like, how much how much time is Kentucky spending on that? Like creating the props and creating like do you really need all of that? You got this big shiny facility. Why do we need balloons oh, hanging from the We rafters? need balloons. We need cakes. <laughs> we need confetti. Um, I also wonder too, like 
if I'm 17 and I see a whole cookie cake in there, I mean that whole like that none of that's going home. Like that's all getting eaten right there. So I, I would be disappointed if I was a recruit. Although I did see, like to your point, like it, I think it initially started as a like, hey, these kids are going to be here for a day and a half. They eat a ton. We'll give them some, some snacks, snack on when they aren't with us. It was something really basic. And then you see a video from Texas, and then they're just like. It becomes an arms race. Everything's an arms race. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's just an arms race. It's like, you know, got, they're taking pictures with Ferraris, so let's get a Lambo in here and let's take pictures. All right, getting the, you know, didn't Louisville have something at Bowman Field where they had helicopters yeah, and yeah. private jets? I mean, that that is what are we that's doing here? one of the funnier recruiting things I've ever seen was just, we're going to Bowman Field to get in to take pictures in sports cars and helicopters. Not drive them around or anything. Just take pictures in them. <laughs> and Scott Satterfield was the head coach overseeing all of that. Which is just what? what <laughs> did we ever talk about how wild it was that Cincinnati picked Scott Satterfield over Chip Kelly? What? Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't. Yeah, Michael Lombardi said that, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know how much to stock to put into that, but yeah. Like, how yeah. much did Kelly actually interview for it, or was it just a kick in the tires to see if you're interested sort of deal? But, right, man, I, I mean, know Louisville fans are grateful. <laughs> yeah, I'd be interested to see how last year would have played out without if Scott Satterfield was still there and Jeff Brown was at Purdue. Have you seen Have you seen Louisville's schedule next year? I have. They go to Palo Alto for a conference game in November. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Yeah, I'm starting my schedule run through right now. It's it's actually much – they play less Power 5 games, Nick, but I think it's much more trickier for them. They have to go it's to just, Notre Dame. They have to go to Kentucky. They have a weird stretch at Boston College, at Clemson, at Stanford. They go a month without playing a home game, and then they make one-week pit stop before going to Kentucky. So four of the last five on the road against Power Conference teams – that's not an easy stretch. I just I can't imagine the just the logistics of getting your ass all the way out to Palo Alto for a November game. I mean, conference realignment. It's going to be weird. It's going to take me a while to get my eyeballs adjusted. You know, yeah. So we're going to get it's going to be a while for us to get our bearings right. Yeah, and then the stretch of offenses they play at the beginning. Rich Rod and the challenges playing he his offense brings. Georgia Tech had a good offense. They returned everybody. Notre Dame's got Riley Leonard, and then SMU's running that a version of the Art Briles offense. So that's a, you know, a unique unique kind of stretch there for me. I just think the schedule is, you know, much tougher uh, for them. And then they got the one big home game against Miami. Is kind of the game of the year for them. Uh, but it's kind of looks like. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. six road games so six road games against power conference teams it's not i think their schedule is on paper it's much tougher than last year even though they're playing less power conference teams because that jacksonville state team was probably better than that indiana team last year can't get much easier than it was last year though like it um speaking of schedules i'm getting sick and tired of ross dellinger reports can we get ross dellinger to just chill the hell out for a minute because it was like two weeks of like the playoffs almost done. Actually, yeah. we got a TV deal. No way, we don't have a TV deal. Okay, the playoff is done. Oh, actually, now we're going to talk about more playoff teams. Nobody's asking for more than 12. We got to 12. We want to see 12. Once we see 12, then let's talk about it. These damn what, – what are they who, – who we got running the ship here? Just chill out, to, guys. You have to use your galaxy brain here. I wrote about this. On Friday, KSR Plus this week in college football. How do, how are you going to get that? If you're Greg Sankey, how do I get that my members to want to play nine games in conference? Because that's what needs to happen. 
how do I get this to happen? I, uh, I find more access to the college football playoff. But, uh, okay, I, I, I'm you're right, and I don't want to cut you off, but you're going to have it. You're going to have the best teams. Who cares? Just make them automatic bids, 12 of them. Like, I, it's four teams. Yeah. It's and then also I think you have to remember um, there's going to – Florida State's going to get out of the ACC eventually. And they're going to go to the Big Ten or SEC. And then Clemson's probably going to follow them. And then North Carolina will be after that. And then probably Virginia will land somewhere. So the ACC will dissolve. And so what is it? What does the format change like? Uh, I think when you kind of they ESPN just signed a six-year extension, Nick, with the playoff for $1.3 billion. Um, I believe that's yearly payout. Um, well, that – that, that doesn't that doesn't start that, until 2026. Well, and that was the deal that wasn't actually a deal. We think it's going to be a deal, but it's not a done deal. Yeah, they still got to like dot some eyes across some t's. But I think it would, they got less money than they thought they were going to get for the for the opening games. Right, right. So I think if you're reading in between the lines on this. Um, the suits in Dallas are seeing this, and they're got we got to amp up these opening games. So if you go to a fourteen team format, you know you got your number one over it. One, it makes the regular season really important because you, if you're the number one overall seed, you get a buy. If you if you're in fourteens, so if you were Michigan last year, it makes that really important um, to get the number one because it's the NFL. You get the number mm-hmm. one seed gets to buy, and then two plays 14, and three all down the line, and you have this huge monstrosity of a first round of the playoffs. Bracket, yeah. And so I think – and it gets more brands in that first round because I think when you start looking at um, some of these projected matchups, like last year, I get why maybe ESPN isn't super gung-ho about this. Florida State hosts Liberty. Georgia would host Ole Miss rematch. Ohio State would host Penn State rematch. Missouri would go to Oregon, which on a national scope is not doing much for people. That's the first round of the playoff. Those games aren't – people are going to watch those games, but they're not bringing in the big ratings. Um, I even did it going back to 2018, Nick, if Kentucky would have made it or would have been close to made it. You would have had UCF at Washington, Michigan – or Washington at UCF, Florida at Michigan, LSU at Ohio State, Penn State at Georgia State. That's be- that is better, but I don't think every year something like that is going to be locked in. And so I think for them, they're trying to find a way to sexy up this first round, and I think that's part of it. And then I think they know another change is coming, and then it's going to change the bid process. I think they're throwing a bone um, to the group of five and to some of these other conferences, but they're eventually, in my opinion, going to get to where it's just an at-large situation and then it's the big question is what they do with conference championship games um do they need them and what happens to the bowls i'm I'm of the opinion that the bowl games need to like i'm getting i'm getting there where we just don't need them anymore like what's the point if we're going to have a 16 team playoff uh yeah well and it would be more like the old bowl system because that was about how many teams are playing in bowls you know 30 years ago um it would i'm I love bowl season. I don't want it to go away, but I am very pro get rid of conference championship games because how many competitive conference championship games have we even seen in the last eight, nine years? The SEC is usually good, but outside of that, um, it's been five years since the Big Ten was worth it. They're just – and it it doesn't do it for me. Even during Saban's run, there was years where they were just just hammering Missouri's – uh, Jim McElwain, Florida. Yeah, uh, they even had a run of blowouts. The Big Ten, the West never won the game. Yeah. They were mm-hmm. usually um, blowouts. And there was one upset. I think Michigan State beat a really good Wisconsin team one year out of the East being West. But for the most part, the East was just a was just a huge favorite there. So I, I yeah, I get it. I mean, do we really need them? Especially, uh, especially you can just use that day to just have playoff games if you wanted. Yeah, that's a – Or take the week off and then do Army, Navy, and then play, have playoffs kind of surrounding surrounding that. But I just – even like you look at the group of five, Nick, and like when the first plan was to give these teams a bid, like Cincinnati, Houston, um, SMU, uh, UCF, 
They were all they're a part the, of that. Yeah, they're not in so the So you just took anymore. you just essentially took the five best and now they're in a power conference or what we call a power conference. Uh, so yeah, I think there's still going to be some moving and shaking here, but I I think that's why they're doing it. I think they're trying to get more money. And I think if they come if they come back with a 14 16 team model, they can maybe boost up the deal. It's, because I think that's the big issue right now. And then I think they're not – I think Greg Sankey and Tony Petiti probably aren't super happy with 5 plus 7, but it was kind of agreed to and there's not much they can do about it. Uh, but if if these conferences blow up again, which mm-hmm. my prediction will be that that happens to the ACC, then I, I could definitely see see that occurring where maybe you do three autos with if you have three conferences left and then do 11 at large or 13 at large. Uh, no matter how many playoff games we've got, I'm going to be using FanDuel to wager on them because FanDuel is America's number one sports book and official sports gambling partner with the National Football League. FanDuel, your best place to make prop bets, parlays. I'm a I'm a big college basketball prop bet. Lo- loving the Reed Steals props we've been getting as of late. Yeah. We still don't have a line right now for Kentucky versus Alabama. But no matter what you're playing, I, I even got in a little U, uh, UFC action on Saturday night, like after the Auburn game, having some celebratory cold ones. Uh, Stay up a late nice, watching that. It, after taking a basketball weekend, I had a nice college basketball uh, weekend. Hit a big parlay. Um, shout out Steve Alford, Fight Nevadas, um, not Fight Nevada Wolfpack, hitting them that money line. And then uh, Nick, I think you were with me, jumping on uh, Kentucky. Uh, sizable oh, yeah. whenever they're a money line dog over two to one like i yeah. they feel like an auto play you just got to play them um any guinea like top brand that's not just terrible if you get them as a against a team that they've consistently dominated over years you almost have to put a sprinkle on it and then that was a nice little payoff last weekend what love that money line actually just mad that i didn't invest more against the spread as well um, but it was a nice winning weekend with FanDuel where if you sign up and use promo code PERSONNEL, you're going to get 150 bucks in bonus bets with any $5 winning bet. $150 bucks guaranteed. Just head over to FanDuel.com slash PERSONNEL when you sign up today. Must be 21-plus president in Kentucky. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets, which expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call one 800 Gambler. We're also getting into horse racing season. Look at Rebel That's Stakes right. tomorrow. Brad Cox's top two-year-old Timberlake is racing. We'll see if he's worth a damn. He lost, he came in fourth in the juvenile. It's his first race as a three-year-old. So I'll be I'll be keeping a close eye on that one, which I believe is down at uh, Oakland Park. Um, w- a little more news from the college football world. A lot of EA Sports talk the last 24 hours. Like it. A lot of EA Sports talk. And the people are fired up about it. I, I am mildly fired up over it, just mildly. I think the uh, it's one of those things where our kids are too young right now, but like a year or two from now, I think it's going to be like, hey, honey, I think we need to get a PS5 for Christmas. So I, dad can I play, have thought uh, about that myself, and I am I am mentally preparing myself for – 2030 when me and Baker are probably up till one in the morning playing uh, uh, college dynasty mode Madden Madden or uh, uh, get him hooked on a golf game my my oldest is going to be four in uh, six weeks or so and he's on he's playing Mario Kart right now like he's on the kind of low level basic N64 so I don't think we're quite ready for PS5 but we're going to get there Um, I I really missed out on online gaming like that. That was it was around when we were in college, but it wasn't great. I would do a little bit of Call of Duty. Yeah, but yeah, but doing like an online dynasty with your friends that's got to be a blast. So I just the, the big news from the week though is just who's going to be on it. And I like that they've got Herbie with Fowler. Um, I don't understand how. Like shout out to David Pollock's agent for getting him on that game. Yeah, how does that, how does that work? Like he's gonna be on the game day panel. How he's not employed by ESPN. I guess they just well, kind of they'll probably brand it as their own like EA Sports uh, pregame show, but just not. Yeah, that ESPN. makes sense. 
because yeah, it's like him, Kevin Connors, and who was the other one? Jesse Palmer. Which, damn it, can we just get Jesse Palmer? Desmond off my Howard's screen? on there too. Howard's on there. Okay, uh, but ne- nevertheless, those guys are going to be on it. Uh, the nil contracts are out. A lot of like, is six hundred dollars enough? And it's like, man, that's like an extra stipend check. Maybe, maybe a little less than their stipend check. But like, I, I think all of those guys are going to take it just to be in the game. I mean, there's there's 133 teams. 34 next year. 34. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, that, dude, pull your calculator out and see how much money that is. Um, you figure so that's not that's, a, like they're paying out a lot. It's $6 million just on basic math, but they're also playing so, like the Stars. Riley Leonard was one today, Jalen Milrow. The Stars are getting more to promote it. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I bet it's closer to like, Seven eight million dollar investment um, when it's all said and done, but you know what? It'll be worth it because they're going to make a buttload of money on this game. Yeah, I'd, I'll be interested to see. Like, I mean, the just reaction online. Now I'm in a diff. Like, I've definitely built a a you like a college football centric universe in my social media channels, but uh, it seems like the game is just going to be like this crazy amount. Of, yeah, they're gonna sell so many copies. I can, I can only imagine. I, I wonder where it's, where they think it's gonna register in their all time sales. I mean, you'd have yeah. to imagine it's gonna be near the top for EA Sports, just because it hasn't been here for a while. There, there's just a hunger and thirst for it. How much does a new video game cost? I would say around fifty, uh, sixty dollars. Someone in the I, chat could let us I, know. Yeah, I didn't know if it was like if we were up to like seventy five now. I remember the good new PS. Like I remember forty dollars being a price point about like Xbox three sixty days. Sixty plus. PS3. I think that sounds right. Jacob Roberts says. Okay. Sixty. I think plus, you're looking at like sixty nine ninety nine, sixty five nine, some around there. Somewhere around there. That makes sense. Because the big thing is they they make more money off of the in game purchases. Um, you know, uh, what do they call it? Freemium games where you, you, you pay to get a legend or whatever, something like that. I'm sure they'll do it. Um, the, uh, I know FIFA does that where you play, you pay for player cards and you can unlock athlete, you know, it's, it's a whole ordeal, but, um, yeah, I, I probably won't be on this one, but the hope, and here's some on-air producing peak, uh, peak. We, we got to get some of the cats streaming on the YouTube channel playing games. So. I don't, I'm sure we can make that happen uh, at some point this summer when the game comes out. And what I have a feeling will be mid-July. Yeah, they usually – I remember this. It would usually release like a week or a week and a half before high school football practice started. So high school football practice would start on like July 18th, and I remember the game coming out like the week before that happened. And then that whole week we were just like going to – friend's house and playing you know playing the game like yeah, for yeah. and staying the night over there a couple nights a week um just playing just playing it and i and then i remember after practice go, going and playing it and so those days are back like i wonder like brock vandegrift does he have any memory of playing this game because no. the last chapter was 23 the last chapter was 10 years ago so he would have been 10 okay well so the other thing too is that game still had a lot of life in it after the fact, even though they didn't release a new one. So I, I bet a significant majority played it, or at least their older brothers or some of their older cousins would have it or romanticize about it. Cause that's nostalgia. That, that, yeah. That, that, yes. That's a big it part. It wraps us in such a warm blanket. So well, I, I think, I, yeah, I think for a lot of people, it takes you back to when you really kind of fell in love with the sport. Right, because yeah. a lot of people would like most people. I think not not most, but a lot of people like it dates back to their college years. And I just remember at UK, I would walk like I know we spent a lot of time playing that game. I remember walking in the dorm rooms at two a.m. on a Tuesday, and there were guys in the lobby at Hagen Hall playing with Pat White. Uh, yeah, on game day or on the game, and I can vividly just remember remember that. Uh, and I think that's a lot well, of people. I think the game like takes them back. It takes it takes you back to a certain point in your life when you like I talked about it, it takes me back to high school football. I just remember that distinctly, um, and mm-hmm. I think that that 
that game is part of it, and it's part of the I think the college football culture we all grew up with. Well, and for me, like my first game was NCAA something oh ninety eight, and I was seven years old and didn't know the buttons very well, but I would just I knew Kentucky. I would have Tim Couch, and I would just throw it deep to Craig East every play. Like it was. But as I got older, that's how I got to know other teams. That that's how you get exposed to like the sport outside of your one your your very narrow focus. Um but obviously you couldn't play with USC. And USC wasn't even very fun to play with because Reggie Bush, you just uh, hit the spin button the I, whole time. Well, we've all rage quit against playing uh, versus someone with Vince Young. Um uh, Everyone my yeah, oh, age yeah. has rage quit NCAA football oh. because uh, your friend picked well, Texas you, and had Vince Young. Well, you could that was a team you couldn't play with. You also couldn't play with Ohio State and Troy Smith. He was just too fast, too good that year. They had the impact players. They get the mm-hmm. little old pulse underneath him. Ah, good stuff. Well, the best was you could because uh, they had design playbooks. Right, and you could switch mm-hmm. up the play, like you would get West Virginia's playbook because they were running spread yeah. options. So if you had a um, a running quarterback that was maybe in a pro style offense, you could just unleash them. Um, so that that was fun. And then the Tebow Jenner, I remember Tebow in the game, and that was a big deal with him. People love playing with Tebow. Um, oh yeah. I, one thing I hope they do, Nick. I hope they one I, the cover I would love to see is all the guys that would have been on the cover that they Ooh. put them on there, like Johnny Football, um, yeah, Joe Burrow. Um, I guess you can include Jaden Daniels for this year. And Derek guys, Derek Henry, guy, Christian McCaffrey, guys that would have been on the cover, uh, putting them on the cover. And then I hope they, down the line, release, get a, like a side thing where you can play with – the old, like you can play with Johnny Football, right? You can play with yeah, that yeah. LSU, that Burrow and Jefferson and Chase. Uh, you can play yeah. with teams like – you can play with Baker Mayfield's Oklahoma – um, team probably with Patrick Mahomes in Texas Tech. It's kind of like what uh, the NBA games do, right? Yeah, uh, I know the NBA right. NBA Two uh, K has done that, where they brought that back old teams. I hope they do that down the road because I think that's what everyone would want to do. Is like you know be able to play, actually play with Johnny Football, being able to play with that yeah. LSU offense. Uh, the the one the biggest thing that they can't beef up though is in dynasty mode, nil and recruiting in the portal. You can have a lot of fun options there. They they got to get that right in order for this to be a success. Like though that and gameplay are just the two most important things because the others, like you said, they'll get to down the road. Which look at we're we're still a little ways down the road from Kentucky football spring practice. School hasn't announced anything, but we did have a recruit's parent share the schedule that they've been giving out to recruits um, where. For the first time, I think ever, Mark Stoops isn't burning some early practices before spring break. They're waiting until after spring break. So that's March 23rd, I think, is their first practice. And we'll get a spring game the Saturday of Masters week. So the week after the Final Four. I believe that's April 13th. But, hey, spring game. Wasn't sure if that was going to happen or not. But walk it in. Yeah. I, I wish they would just – Share this, right? right? Just say it. Yeah. yeah. We'll say we just go on record. I, I get that there was a coordinator change that they probably had to figure out, but, you know, I wish they would just say, hey, we're having a spring game. It's going to be on this weekend. See you there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, not, it's uh, good to know. We're like six weeks from the announced spring game, and they haven't said um, they're having a spring game. So I would, I, I would like for them to – Put that up, uh, especially since they're already giving out that information. It seems like, uh, yeah, yeah, like it's in the calendar, the right? Exactly. Yeah. So, would be would be good to know. I'm assuming we'll get something next week. Maybe they're just trying to stagger news out to where, you know, yeah, they, they've just, had I, enough. I, yeah, I wish I would I would I would I wish they would. It seems like they're not really promoting the program in some ways, and I think this is just one of them. It's not a huge deal, but it's like, hey, like. It's a big event, you know. You haven't had really had one with good weather in a half yeah. decade. You know, people like going to the spring games. I believe Kentucky plays Tennessee at home in baseball that day. So that isn't Keeneland going on? Like it could be a huge, yeah. huge weekend. Like let let's get it out there and let people plan it. But you know, 
they decided not to. So I, you know, and I, I get there's, there, there's like, was a situation there, but like, let's get, let's promote. We can move on. Let's get some excitement. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The season's over. Like we're ready to, everyone's ready to move on. Everyone's ready to go see um, Brock Vandegrift. Everyone's ready to get to know Bush Handen, offense coordinator. Everyone's ready to, to tell everyone they know that Deion Walker is the best defensive player in college football. Uh, Like people are ready to, move on and like get this thing started. So let's, let's do it. Let's turn the page. I'm about ready to turn the page and get this weekend started. Appreciate you all joining us on a Friday because basketball schedule makes things weird. I didn't, we had so much news happen between Tuesday and today. This felt right. We've got NFL combine next week where works out perfectly. So we'll be talking to you around this same time next Friday. Send draft questions to us, and we'll try to we'll answer some of those. And so, it would be a good time to get some draft questions because there'll be some stuff to talk about. But I'm you never you know how these interviews go, Nick. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes you get very little. Well, and sometimes it's a great people watching event, and then other times it feels like the the big media members are hiding from us. You know, we're just we're at the bottom end of the totem pole. The big wigs, they're they're rubbing elbows elsewhere, so they better not. Hide SC, it gets we'll like it. it gets like SEC media days that way too, right? Yeah, uh, we we don't see any of the ESPN guys, but then we turn on TV and it's like, oh, he's there, they're there, they're there. Where are where are they? And, and so well, they until you we, know until we, we hit the bars later and then we see them all. Yeah, until <laughs> well, this year, yes, this year, and I. The combine is like that in a way, too. Um, you'll just walk into a restaurant and be like, oh, there's – like we saw Arthur Smith at Kilroy's last year. Oh, there's Atlanta Falcons head coach. Oh, there's, I will here, say there's uh, that, there's that. We did do a good job last year at Media Days where I think we're we're starting to crack that door, where I think they're going to let us into the the uh, uh, quarter network club of uh, – you know, I, I think we're getting there with Media Days. NFL, a little bit more challenging. Um, but we'll do our best. And I did see I, somebody was asking where we're going to eat lunch. We're, there's a a 95% chance we'll be at Kilroy's Thursday night eating some cheese sticks. So if you want to come hang, talk a little ball. That is, ball. A, that is a very safe estimation by you. <laughs> there's a, uh, I don't know what it is, but dude, those, how is, is there no other place that makes stuffed cheese sticks anywhere? They're so damn good. Somebody no. else get on it. But when I'm in Indy, I got to go to the Kilroy's and eat those stuffed cheese sticks. Yeah, and Kilroy's is unique because you got to be 21 to get in there. So it's not – It's. <laughs> I feel like every time I go into Kilroy's, like it's just – I feel like it's a bar that never stops, right? Like I'm like a Miami nightclub kind of thing. So uh, that's part of it. And, yeah, they did the stuffed cheese sticks or – I mean – you, you have your shrimp cocktail over there at Elmo's. Uh, I go to Indy yeah. for the stuffed cheese sticks. Gosh, I cannot wait. It's going to be a blast. We're going to be having a good time next weekend, Indy. We're going to have a good time this weekend, too. Hopefully the Cats get it done and get some Crimson Tide at Rupp. Um, but for now, it's time for us to take a break. We'll see you next week on the KSR YouTube channel. For Adam Blackett, I'm Nick Roush. Go Cats and go Kroger. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, 
Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.